Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. We're going to continue the Know Thyself series, and today's topic is social construct. We're going to specifically deal with two social constructs, the social construct of race and gender. Okay, now what is a social construct? A social construct is an idea or concept that is created by society to give meaning, importance, or value to things, people, situations, or circumstance. Now, some of the social constructs that are used to create and reinforce reality are the following concepts or idea. We have race, gender, time, government, religion, education, money, language, class, morality, disease, sexuality, age, title, status, deviance, crime, technology, and game. All these concepts and ideas are created. There are a social creation. These things really don't exist in a fixed state. These ideas and concepts vary from society to society, from country to country, from nation to nation, from culture to culture, from people to people. For example, the concept of money. The concept of money may have one meaning in the society, one value is assigned to it, and another society may have a different meaning or a different value or a different status or priority. All right, so these concepts and ideas vary from people to people. Today we're going to be focusing on the human concept of race and gender, two social constructs. All right, let's break down the whole concept of race first, okay? Now, scientists have classified the human race into two categories, black or white, black or white, and everything in between, okay? Black and white and everything in between. So black and white is a social construct a social construct that creates an illusionary perception of reality. In theory, anyone could be classified as black or white based on social definitions when he or she meets the criteria for that word. (laughs) Society can change the meaning of these words as it deems necessary or when it is convenient to fill its political or social agenda. The word black is associated with being African and at times it is synonymous with it. However, there's a a clear distinction between the words. The word black was created by the white elite to connect a group of people to the African culture, environment, mentality, or lifestyle. One does not have to be biologically or genetically African to be called black. In actuality, any individual or group can be officially black. Any group who is granted minority status or any group that is considered oppressed can be put into the black category, so to speak. Anyone who's identified with the African cultural lifestyle or mentality can be called black. 
All right, now let's give an example. There was a lady called Rachel Dozella. She was a Caucasian, a white female. She was the president of the local NAACP. And she decided to adopt the African-American culture and lifestyle in order to identify herself as black. Now she married a black man, adopted black children, wore African hairstyles and clothing. She was very involved in the African-American community as an activist, lecturer, and professor. She lied about her genetic background and claimed to be a biracial person with a black father. Now her parents, who are both Caucasian, white, exposed her on national social media to be a fake person. Now, she eventually resigned from the NAACP and was proven to be fraudulent. She never identified as an African-American, even with her false claim of being biracial. When an individual is categorized or labeled with title that includes a nationality or race, this gives this person a concrete, tangible reality. Now, this reality connects the individual to a group, a history, a culture, environment, tradition, custom, and lifestyle. An individual has to be born into this reality through genetic and biological lineage. Now, to be categorized as African, one has to possess a biological or genetic connection to the original people from Africa. Now, being African has nothing to do with color of one's skin, but with inherited genes from the biological parent. Now, based on the system of white supremacy, anyone who has inherited African genes or is visibly, physically of color is automatically classified as non-white. Race is innate and unchangeable. It includes the following factors, genetics, biology, spirituality, culture, mentality, group personality, and environment. The genetic traits specifically found in a particular group are biologically passed on from generation to generation. These genetic traits create a particular physiological and anatomical body with specific characteristics. Now, these biological genetic traits create an exclusive spiritual signature or trademark only found within this group. Now, this particular spiritual signature, along with the biological genetic factor, creates a mental template that allows this group to perceive reality in a distinct way. Now, this mental orientation is shaped or influenced by environmental, geographical location, and is used to create a social construct known as culture. Now, culture includes custom traditions, beliefs, and lifestyle. This culture, lifestyle, produces a group personality known as a definitional system or value which allows members of this particular group to perceive reality or interpret their experiences in a particular way. Now, being classified as an African is not just a racial category that anyone can put can be put into unless one is born into it. Being African distinguishes one from other 
people because of several factors. We're talking about genetics, which is biology, spirituality, mentality, and culture. Now, now the first prime minister and president of Ghana in 1957, after leading his country out of colonialism from Britain, you know, had a famous quote, okay, Kwame, I am not African because I was born in Africa, but because Africa was born in me. Mr. Kwame was a Pan-Africanist who was the founder of the Organization of African Unity. Also, he was the author of several books, African, I'm sorry, Africa Must Unite, Neocolonialism, and I Speak of Freedom. An African is not the only people born on the continent of Africa. Again, an African is not the only people born on the African on the continent of Africa. An African is the inherited and shared genetics born into people, no matter what their nationality or place of birth. A perfect example of the category of black being a social construct that is very fluid and can be assigned to any group is the Chinese in South Africa. The Chinese Association of South Africa filed a lawsuit in 2006 against the government claiming they were not qualified for business contracts and job promotion because of their white status. During apartheid, the Chinese were classified as people of mixed race and faced discrimination. After the so-called collapse of the apartheid system, the Chinese were reclassified as honorary whites. Being classified as whites denied them the economic benefits given to blacks, Indians, and colored mixed people to address the wrongs of apartheid. And on 2008, the Chinese were given a new status by the South African government and were reclassified as black in order for them to be eligible for the economic benefits given to blacks. Now, only the Chinese who were South African citizens before 1994 were reclassified as blacks along with their descendants. The article on June the 19th, 2008, quotes, in South Africa, Chinese is the new black, stated, a high court in South Africa ruled on Wednesday that Chinese South Africans will be classified as black, a term that includes black Africans, Indians, and others who are subject to discrimination under apartheid. As a result of this ruling, Ethnically Chinese citizens will be able to benefit from government affirmative action policies at undoing the effects of apartheid. Quote. Now this example indicates that the term black does not exclusively mean race or ethnicity. The Chinese in South Africa did not change their race or ethnicity to become black. However, their social status change. Their social status change. Now, even though the concept of race is stated not to have a genetic or scientific basis, there are, there are real biological and genetic differences between people of various ethnic groups. Now, this difference is not necessarily good or bad as a racist would like people to think. 
In the biomedical setting, race is very relevant in determining disease susceptibility and treatment response. There are particular diseases that are more prevalent among certain racial groups and very uncommon in others. Now, some medications work better with certain ethnic groups and may not provide any therapeutic benefits in other groups. Some of the factors affecting these groups may be more environmental, diet, stress, hereditary, or personality differences, but genetics must be taken into consideration. In addition, people of African descent have a higher content of melanin, which affects every biological system in their body differently versus non-Africans with a lower level of melanin. The racist scientists, doctors, and researchers know the differences between the races all too well. They have created biological weapons and chemical warfare to specifically target these racial groups. The institution of white supremacy was established on a two-race system, whites and non-whites, to establish and maintain world domination. The distribution of privilege, status, wealth, and power is based on this constructed racial caste system, okay? So race is a social construct which creates a racial class caste system that is based on race. So racism is a racial caste system. Everything under the system of white supremacy is established to cater to whites exclusively in every area of people's activity, education, law, health, media, culture, religion, relationship, politics, and economics. Everything is perceived from a Eurocentric perspective and implemented to perpetuate the idea of white superiority. All right, so let's do a quick review. Our review is that race is a social construct, okay? Race is not based in any biological or genetic facts or reality. The concept of race is a social construct. When they're calling a person white or black, they're not talking about biological genetic differences among the races, which they are real biological genetic spiritual, mental, and emotional differences between the races. But when you hear the classification of white or black, it is not referring to a genetic biological group of people. It's relating or it is directly speaking to a social definition, okay? A social classification of people. If they label them black, Black is a social status. If they're labeling them white, white is a social status. They're not basing those concepts or idea of race on biology or genetics, okay, or environmental differences. They're not dealing with that. So when you hear black or white, this is what you're hearing, a social construct. We're talking about a social construct. Okay, race in the terms of black or white is not even real. Okay, because someone who's coming from North Africa, 
Okay, someone who is dark skin or a person who is of hue of color, they will be classified as white because everybody who lives in North Africa area is a political decision. They are classified as being white. But when you physically look at these people, they are people of African descent. Okay, because North Africa is on the continent of Africa and they have hue, they have melanin, they have color and they have similar cultures to other African people who are being classified as black. All right. So we see that there's a social construct created there, the concept of race. Another example is that you have people who live in South America or you have people who live in Central America. These people are being classified as white, but when you physically look at these people, they are of hue, of color. They are melanated beings and a lot of them are of African descent. So biologically, genetically, they can be connected more to the African race than they are to the so-called white or Caucasian race. But for political reasons, these people are classified as white and not as black. So it is a social political classification. It is not based on biology. It is not based on biology. Now you do have some people who are of African descent. They do have one of their parents who are biologically African But because they are so fair-skinned, all right, they can pass physically the appearance is that of a white person. So they could be classified due to their physical appearance, they could be classified as a white person. But biologically speaking, they are that of the African race, okay? The African people, their genes, okay, their biology, their culture, their lifestyle, their whole definitional system is part of a whole nother group from the Caucasians or Europeans or Indians or Native Americans. All right. So you have each group of people have a whole different biology and genetic makeup. Yes. All of them are human beings. Yes, we are one human family, but we do have differences among our human families. Now the difference doesn't make one better or one worse. It doesn't make one superior or make one inferior. It doesn't. The differences are just that, differences. Just like animals have differences, plants and trees have differences. There are differences in a micro um, uh, organism world. Then we as human beings have differences as well. There's nothing wrong with differences. Differences are beautiful. Differences are accepted. So in order for you to be classified Okay, racially, as black or white, it is simply a social construct. It is not based on biology, that classification. At the same time, as I said, yes, there are different categories of people on this planet. You have people who have similar genetic traits. They inherit it. It's a particular DNA, racial DNA. You do have categories of people. Okay. You do have African people. You have indigenous people, all right, who were on this planet for a long, long time. And they are the original, the indigenous people of this planet. And these people are highly melanated people. They're black or they're brown. Now, these are the people they're classifying as African descent. Okay. Not black. Okay. Black is not a genetic group. Black is a social construct. 
Okay. Now you have a group of people who come from the Caucasus mountain who eventually went into Europe. These people are classified as Caucasians or white. Okay. But they are not white. Their skin is not white. The same way that we have people of African descent, their skins are not black. Okay, so you're not classifying them because of the whiteness of their skin. You're classifying white because white is a social status. It is a social construct. Okay, whiteness is a social construct. All right, whiteness does not exist. And we can give a million examples why whiteness is a political term. It is a political ideology. It is an economic ideology because people are giving white status in order for them to have privilege that come with that status. Okay. Now, once they are classified as white, they are given access to different privileges, to different benefits. Once they are classified as black, they are denied those privileges and they are denied accesses to resources and all the different goodies and trinkets that are given to people who are classified as white. All right. So people can go from one area to another area and their racial classification can change. So the racial classification obviously is not based on biology, obviously, because if you're in the South, you're considered black. And when you go up north, you're considered white. I mean, you're not changing your biology. You're not changing your genetics. You're changing your social status. You're changing your social status. All right, we're going to move on now to gender. We're going to discuss gender. All right, we're going to deal with gender. Okay, now scientists has classified the human race into the category of gender and sex. Okay, now we're going to pay close attention. The general public was led to believe that the word gender and sex are identical. These words are used sometimes interchangeably and are believed to have the same definition. However, this is a misleading tactic used by social engineers in order to socially condition the mind of people to perceive reality from a specific from a specific perspective. When social scientists say the gender that gender is fluid and it can be changed, they're not referring to one sex. But people automatically assume that they are stating it is a scientific fact that one sex can be changed. But in reality, the words sex and gender have different meanings. There's a big difference between one's sex and gender. The dictionary defines the word sex as either of the two main categories, male and female, into which humans and most other living things are divided. Quote, also, Webster Dictionary defines behavioral characteristics of the male and the sex. Okay, so Webster defines sex as the state of being male or female. The sum of the structural, functional, and sometimes behavioral characteristics of organism that distinguish males and females. Obviously, there are biological differences between the sexes, male and female, that are present at birth. A biological female 
will not have the same genetic, chromosomes, hormones, physiological, anatomical, or psychological makeup as a male. That's obvious. Based on these physical differences, it is clear and easy to distinguish a biological female from a biological male. Sex is defined as the biological identity of being male or female. Now, each human being is born with a biological identity of being male or female at birth. Now, society creates socially constructed roles that are assigned to each sex. Now, this is called gender roles. Okay? Gender roles are the responsibilities, duties, attributes, behaviors expected from each sex. Now, these gender roles are labeled feminine for female and masculine for males. Feminine roles are assigned to biological females who are called women, while masculine roles are given to biological males who are known as men. The dictionary defines the word woman as, quote, an adult human female, distinctively feminine nature. Now, Merriam-Webster dictionary defines womankind as female human beings. Women especially as distinct from men. Okay? Also, Merriam-Webster refers to being womanly as having qualities generally associated with a woman, appropriate in character to a woman. Now, both sexes are groomed, conditioned, and trained to practice the gender roles which are reinforced by each society. Now, Webster Dictionary defines the word gender as the behavioral, cultural, or psychological traits typically associated with one sex. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Webster Dictionary defines the word gender as the behavior, culture, or psychological traits typically associated with one's sex. We're talking about biological sex now. Everything, concept, ideology, or perception associated with the word gender is a social construct that can be changed at any time. I'm going to say it again. Everything, concept, ideology, or perception associated with the word gender is a social construct that can be changed at any time. Based on the definition of the word gender, it can be erased or amended at any given period based on the society's discretion. Now, that's pretty much it. As we can see throughout history, the gender roles have changed numerous times. In Western cultures, women are now allowed in many professional occupations, allowed to wear different fashion styles or garments, participate in the political arena, play or participate in, more, in most competitive sports, engage in unrestricted sexual behavior, obtain higher education, and be included in religious ceremonies. Now, women's gender roles change from just being wives and mothers to include other positions. In Western society, the men's gender roles were to be the sole financial providers, head of the household, 
respected leader, and strong warrior. These roles have changed tremendously and men have adopted different roles and responsibilities. Men are allowed in traditional female occupations and professions, such as nursing, teaching, cooking, dancing, and fashion. Men wear different styles and clothing. Men provide more assistance with childcare and household chores now, more so than the past. Now, traditional roles have changed due to many factors. We have the industrial revolution, technological advancement, mass migration into cities, military expansion, entertainment industry, political and economic changes. Now, in the society that required men and women to play different parts, right, all these things have changed. The gender roles have changed. Gender roles vary from culture to culture, society to society, community to community, due to different cultural practices, religious beliefs, and mindsets. What's considered socially acceptable in one country may be prohibited in another country. What is socially expected from females in a region may be discouraged in another. An example would be in one country, it is socially expected for females to aggressively pursue sex with males. And in another country, it is expected for the males to take this role. The fact remains that male and females are assigned different roles based on the environment. Yet, it is a universal practice for biological sex to be fixed and permanent globally despite the different role genders. I'm going to repeat this. It is a universal practice for biological sex to be fixed and permanent globally despite the different gender roles. All human cultures acknowledge biological sex and physically distinguish males from females. I'm going to say it again. All human cultures acknowledge biological sex and physically distinguish males from females. Again, each person is born with a biological identity as male or female. No one can be a biological female and male at the same time. Even if a person is born with a birth defect, a disorder, they're deformed or underdeveloped genitalia, or they're what they call a hermaphrodite. When tested chromosomally, genetically, hormonally, they are determined to be male or female. So technically speaking, there is no such thing as a sex change because biological sex is a permanent state and is immutable. A biological male's body can become feminized by injecting female hormones into him. However, his body is still a biological male and will return to its normal natural state once the female hormones are removed or stopped. The same goes for a female's body that is being masculinized by hormonal consumptions. Now, her body will return to its normal, natural state when the chemicals are stopped. Now, no matter how much hormones a biological male or female receives, the chemical makeup of their bodies are altered, but genetically, 
physiologically, psychologically, and anatomically, they remain with the same birth biological identity they were born with. I'm going to let you marinate on that for a second. When an individual undergoes a sex change operation, their DNA genetics are not changed. Their DNA genetics are fixed and unchanged. Their DNA genetics are already programmed since conception to be biologically male or female already. They can't never change that. That is fixed and permanent. Your DNA and your genetics, if you're born a male, your DNA, your genetics, your hormones are all male. If you're born a female, your DNA, your genetics are all born female. So people are given the illusion that their biological sex can change. But in reality, that's not possible. Gender identity can change at any time. And that's what people choose to change. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Gender identity can change at any time. And that's what people choose to change. Now, people can believe whatever they want to. However, just because they believe doesn't change their physical reality. A biological male can choose to identify as a female gender, but that doesn't change his biological sex. He could become a gender woman while still remaining a biological male. In other words, he could adopt the woman's gender roles, duties, responsibilities, or behave without altering his biology. It is a known psychological disorder for individuals to reject their biological sex and identify with the opposite sex to change gender identity. Again, gender is a social construct. Gender is a social construct, which is imposed on individuals in order to obtain a specific life style or culture. Again, gender is a social construct. All right. Gender is a social construct. So gender tells biological males the roles they should play, the responsibilities they should take. Okay. The actions and behaviors that are expected from them. This is what gender will do. All right. Gender is a social construct. Now, the concept of gender changes from from nationality to nationality, from place to place, from time to time. Okay, some genders is the females who go hunting and go and take on the, the, the masculine gender roles. They take on those roles because in that society, females are allowed to take on that role. All right. It doesn't mean that these females are becoming a man simply because they take on those roles. All right. In that society, those gender roles are socially acceptable for a woman to go hunt, for a woman to be the leader of the family, for the woman to be the one that's making the decision. So in that society, those social roles are assigned to women. Okay, so those roles are considered to be female. All right. And it's okay. The gender role is assigned to the female. 
Now, in another society, you can have the same gender roles given to men. Now, if you're coming from that society, you would say, well, the men are acting like women. But in reality, in that society, those gender roles are assigned to the male. The males are supposed to be the leader, the hunters, the protectors, the one that go out and bring home the food and everything. All right. So gender roles can change from society to society. Okay, it's simply the expectation that are assigned, the roles and responsibilities that are assigned to each biological sex. Okay, so your sex is totally different from your gender. Your sex is biological, it's genetic, it's hormonal, it's chromosomal, it's genetics. This is something that you can never change. You can't change that. So for you to have a sex change, you're changing the surface. Okay, you're changing your hormones. All right, you're altering your hormones. Okay, you're not permanently changing them because once you stop taking that medicine, you're going to go back to that 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 female hormonal state or you're going to go back to that male hormonal state. You have to take those hormones for the rest of your life. And if it was a permanent change, you wouldn't have to take any hormones. Once you change, you would just change and it would be permanent. But if you have to sustain this hormonal level, Okay, that means that you are still acting in the state of a biological male or you are still acting in the state of a biological female. That has never changed. Now, you may change your private area in terms of do surgery to remove your penis, to remove your vagina. But in terms of your body structure and anatomy, your hormones, your, your, your um, body chemistry, Okay, your genetics, your DNA, all those things are already registered as male biologically or female biologically. Now, I know this message, nobody wants to hear it. And, you know, people will will judge people who accept this message. But we're talking about biological facts. We're not talking about wishful thinking. We're not talking about, you know, illusions or imaginary desires. We're talking about biological facts. Okay, gender is biological and we cannot change the biological. We could change the surface. Okay, you can remove your breasts, you can, you know, change your peen, your, your vagina, and you can add a penis, an artificial penis, but genetically you are registered as a female. Every aspect, even your brain is female. Okay, genetically your brain is male. You can remove your penis, you can, you know, add implants, breast implants, hip implants, butt implants, but genetically, DNA, brain wise, you are still registered as a biological male. All right. Now, this is something that most people don't want to hear, but in knowing yourself, all right, you have to know what you're born into. You're born into a biological body, and that body is the body that you're going to use to experience physical reality. All right. So if you're born into a female body, okay, biologically, you're a female and you're here to have that experience, no matter how you feel in your mind, no matter how you feel in your emotions. All right. You, you know, you have a body disorder. Okay. You don't, you know, you feel like you're out of place. You feel like you shouldn't be in that body. There's a psychological problem. Okay, because in knowing thyself and accepting yourself, you have to understand that this is your biological vessel. This is what you're here with. And this is what you're here to experience. Now, if you want to 
change your gender roles. If you are a female and you feel more comfortable in a male role, meaning that you want to play sports, which is traditionally seen as a male role, you want to, you know, uh, enter different type of professions or occupation that's traditionally have been known to be male. If you want to engage in a behavior change, you can do that if you choose. Okay. But you could still stay a physical biological female because you can't change that all the changes you make to yourself are superficial they're not permanent okay they're not touching your dna and your chromosome you know which basically every cell in your body have already been registered since conception as male or female and you cannot change that okay you cannot change that and it's an illusion you have the perception of change because your appearance change. You're wearing women's clothing if you're a male. You're wearing male clothing if you're a female. But nevertheless, okay, biologically speaking, the fact is you are that what you were at birth. Yes, there are people who are born with, with chromosomal disorders, okay? But when they go test them, they find out that either they're male or they're female, all right. Now, this is something that is very important in knowing ourselves. We have to be comfortable in our gender and we have to be comfortable in our biological sex. We have to be comfortable in our race. All right. And not allow society to tell us what we are when we already been assigned, you know, our race and our gender biologically. OK, we don't want to accept the social construct of race and gender because the, the the social construct of race and gender are very fluid. They can be changed any minute. Okay, one minute you're this and the next minute you that. Okay, I mean a new administration come in, they write different laws. One minute you call this and the other minute you call that. All right, you can change by the second, by the minute. But biologically speaking, you will never change. I mean, if you belong to the African race, to the African group, to the African collective as a melanated being, no matter how much you bleach your skin, no matter how much you, you change your nose and your lips, and you know, no matter how much you change and alter your hair, you will never be non-African because you have been genetically registered in your DNA, in your chromosome as being African. So African is a biological fact. You are a member of this group who shares these similar genetic, biological, cultural, spiritual traits. Okay. You belong to that group. You can never change yourself. You can never become something else. Okay. You're not black. You are a person of African descent who fits into that category because you have a biological parent who was African or who is African if they're still alive. All right. So it's very important that we understand that there is a big difference between social constructs of race and gender versus biological race and biological, biological gender. There's a big difference between biological race and gender versus socially construct race and gender. All right. Biologically, race is permanent, is fixed. You can never change that. You already inherit your DNA and your chromosomes. Biologically speaking, sex, the biological sex that you're born 
two, male or female, is already fixed. It's in your DNA and you cannot change that. Now, we do live in a society that makes it very confusing. You know, it, it gives people options. You can you can change this and you can change that. It pretty much encourages people to become delusional for them not to be content or satisfied in their own skin, so to speak. Okay, they, they try to encourage you to change you know, from second to second to minute, minute, there's no continuity, you know, there's no roots, you know, especially if, if you're classified or you're put into a group that is considered to be powerless, weak, okay, or vulnerable, all right, if, or inferior, if you're put into that group, then it's, you know, we can understand how most people don't want to be identified with a group that's powerless or weak or vulnerable or insecure or who are lacking, all right? So we can understand how women want to change to be men. We can understand how, you know, people who are classified as black want to be white because if black is being powerless and white is being powerful, we can understand people's rationale and wanting to change, all right? But the reality is, instead of people changing their biological reality, we should be changing the social construct, the social definition of what is good and bad. Good and bad. The primary example that we can give right now is people of African descent who have curly hair. We have hair that is called kinky. Okay, It's called naughty. All right. It is called all kind of names. And those names are usually derogatory because people of African descent, okay, they're the only ones on this planet who have this type of hair, hair that they call curly, kinky, nappy, you know, and all kind of other names. Now, that particular hair is unique to people of African descent. Nobody on this planet has this type of hair. Now, unfortunately, because of white supremacy, you know, that type of African hair is looked down upon. Okay. It is considered to be unprofessional to wear your natural hair as an African descent woman. Okay. You cannot walk into a building with natural hair. You cannot walk into a job with natural hair. If you're wearing dreadlocks, locks, or you're wearing your hair in braids and cornrow, which is your natural hairstyle. Okay, this is your natural state of hair. We are being told, no, it is unacceptable, it's ugly, it's unprofessional that we should not wear our natural hair. Why? Because it is not like anybody else's hair. Okay, because our hair is different now, it is considered to be less than ugly and inferior. So a lot of black women are pressured by society, okay, to conform and alter their natural hair. They put chemicals, they put relaxers, they put all kind of things, straighten their hair, put hot iron for them to straighten their hair so they can look like Caucasians and other people. Even though we do have some melanated people of African descent who naturally have straight hair. So straight hair is not a physical characteristic that's exclusive to white or Caucasian people. That's not the case, okay? African people have natural straight hairs as well as curly and, quote, nappy hair, all right? So, but because we live in a society that is dominated by Europeans and Caucasians, the standard of beauty is that of straight hair. So a lot of black women have to suffer. They have to either straighten their hair chemically off their hair just to be acceptable or accepted. 
or they will be rejected. So this is one of the social constructs. Again, hair. Okay. Now, biologically, our hairs are natural to us as melanated African beings. Okay. This is our nature. All right. Now, the social construct is hair should be straight. Okay. Which is contrary to our physical reality as people of African descent. Our hair is not straight, even though, like I said a minute ago, we do have African people who have straight hair. Okay, but we do have a large group of African people who have curly or nappy, you know, hair. And I'm not saying nappy in a derogatory way. I'm just using the word nappy as a description to how other people are describing our hair. So we have to be very careful and not really, you know, take these social constructs so seriously. We have to understand that it is not a biological reality to say that hair is ugly or hair is not good, or hair is bad, or hair is unattractive. This is a social construct, okay? It is a social construct. It's construct. It's not a biological fact. It is not a reality. It is not a reality. Again, the whole concept of race, okay? It is a social construct. They're saying that the superior advanced race have straight nose, small lips, fair skin. I mean, who came up with this? Obviously not black African melanated beings. You have the Caucasian people who are in the ruling class who decided they're going to create this social construct of beauty standards. And the beauty standard that they classify are what? Beauty standards that reflect them. That respect, that reflects their phenotypes. Okay. And their, you know, archetypes and their face. So everybody else who don't look this way automatically is classified as ugly. So what is attractive is also a social construct. It is not based on any biological fact. Now society tells you what is attractive, what is pretty, what is handsome, what is good, and what is bad. Society tells you that. It is not a biological fact. All right? Now, attractiveness is a matter of what? Perception. Okay? It is just an opinion. It is your own perception. It is your own view of reality. What you think is attractive. But when you own everything, when you run a society, when you have the power, you can impose your perception or your opinion or your views on the world. Okay, you create a social construct and say, this is the standard of beauty. This is the standard of what is attractive. This is the standard of what's superior. And this is the standard of what is inferior. And usually 10 times out of 10, you're going to create standards that favor yourself because you are the one who is defining everyone else's reality. So again, social constructs are ideas, concepts, doctrines, belief that society create and tell people that these are the facts, that these are the truths, and this is physical reality. In reality, it's not. It's an illusion. Social constructs are an illusion. They're not based in any truth or any physical reality. The concept of beauty, the concept of race, the concept of gender, it is all created. It is all imagination. We are told what it is. Okay. But in actuality, it can be whatever we want it to be. 
All right. Now, we do know in every society there is a distinct role between male and female. We do understand that. And there has to be. All right. Just like you have a left hand and you have a right hand that comes together to work together. You have a left brain and you have a right brain that comes together to work collectively. You need the, the left and you need the right to work together. We need the male and we need the female to come together. We don't need everybody to be males and we don't need everybody to be female. We need females, biologic females, to play a role, okay, which is, you know, in tune with their biological reality. And we need biological males to play a role that is in tune with their biological reality. We don't need to be assigned gender roles that are totally disconnected from our biological reality. They are totally unrealistic, okay? That really don't contribute, you know, to the fairness, okay, in that society. In terms of, we don't want a, 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 a biological uh, 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 role to be unfair, okay? To be unjust or to be penitive of one group. All right. We don't want one biological, you know, uh, uh, entity, male or female, to be valued more than the other. Okay. We both should be equally as valued and equally important. And then people would be comfortable in their own skin. And people would want to be in their biological sex because they would be valued as they are. Okay, they don't have to meet this standard of beauty and they don't have to meet this artificial standard of manhood or femininehood or womanhood, you know, and they would be very comfortable being who they are they're in their own biological uh, sex. And if the genders, okay, society's construct reflect, you know, something positive, then most people will feel comfortable as they are. But when people are trying to obtain a certain social standard of what it is to be male or what it is to be female, that's when they run into the problems. I can understand why a lot of men don't want to be men no more because it's too darn hard to be a man. Okay, as a man, you got to be perfect. You got to be tall, dark, and handsome. You got to have all the money. You got to have all the courage. You got to have all the guts. You got to have status. You got to have this. You have I could understand it being very difficult to be a man in this society. At the same time, I could understand how difficult it would be to be a woman. You got to be this height. You got to be this size. You got to have this size breast, this butt. You got to have this proportion to that. You got to be sexy. You got to be attractive. You got to be smart. You got to do this. You got to do that. I could understand how it's difficult to fulfill those gender roles. Okay, men are not allowed to do certain things anymore. Women are allowed to do them. And men are competing with the women now into, you know, in those roles. It can be pretty frustrating, you know, being male and female right now at this time. There's a lot of confusion in the gender roles and gender expectations and gender responsibilities. So, you know, that is fuels, that is fuel fueling. Okay, that is adding to the gender confusion that we're experiencing at this time that nobody wants to talk about. But this is the reality. You know, we have a lot of confusing messages. We have a lot of, you know, political agendas. Okay, we have a, an agenda and the agenda is not to act in an individual's best interest, in the family's best interest or in the community's best interest. The agenda is to act in the interest of a particular group. Because they, they, they tend to benefit from this. All right. So again, thank you for listening. Know thyself. 
social constructs, social construct of race, gender, and beauty. Thank you for sharing this time.